Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world, welcome to the Influential You podcast. I'm Josh D'Amigo, program faculty member for Influential You and your host for this weekly podcast. At Influential You, we teach you how to take charge of your career and amplify your professional influence. Since 2009, we've had thousands of business owners, executives, entrepreneurs, and, and others become more influential, more rewarded, and more you. This month, we are welcoming couples into the Influential You studio for our month of celebrating the condition of life known as relationship. Each week, we'll be interviewing couples who have completed advanced programs with us at Influential You to hear how their relationships have fared due to their study of transactional competence. You're in for a treat today because our guests this week are Jeff Miller and Trisha Tyler. Now, you may have heard both of them on previous episodes of our podcast as they're both longtime clients with us. And they're, they're both wonderful, but I, I will say this about both of them. They both have been a big influence in my world, in my life, and I'm really excited to introduce them to you. We'll start with Trisha. Trisha Tyler has led large businesses for Fortune 500 companies in the healthcare consulting industry. She is also the vice chairperson and a founding board member of the Institute for Transactional Philosophy, where she assists in taking our education to Influential You and empowering civic and social enterprises. Now, Jeff Miller teaches people about money and helps them create a pathway to financial security and independence as a partner and financial advisor with Sound Financial Group. Please join me in welcoming Trisha and Jeff to the Influential You podcast. I am so happy you guys are here. I'm so excited to be a part of anything that you two are a part of. And I love that you guys are, are you in the same house or are you guys in different parts of the world right now? Same, same house, same part of the world. Yep. And it's great to see you, Josh. Thanks for having us. Happy to be here. And, and Jeff, I, I just want to confirm with you, you are in the same house. You're, you're not locked away in a, in a somewhere? In the same house, in the same level. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> free, to, free, to, free to enter and leave as I choose. So good. All right. Well, I'll start with this. How did the two of you actually meet? And I, I don't know who wants to take over, but I'm going to look at Trisha first. How, tell me the story of how you and Jeff met. Well, the, when we first met was pretty early in my career. I mean, it was early 2000s. And um, we were working in the same industry, but different companies. And there was something I was working on for a client that Jeff was providing a proposal for. And that was the first time I'd ever met him. He came into the office and uh, and I just thought he was he was great to work with. I really enjoyed him, but it wasn't until I had moved, I'd relocated for another opportunity. So I'd moved to Atlanta and then and then to LA because we were originally in Denver. And it was when I was in LA that I met his counterpart in the same company, it was a global company. Um, and he got to ask him, he was grilling me over a lunch that we were having. I was just getting to know this guy. And the one thing he asked me, he said, you and I are connected with one other person. He's like, and so I want you, I want to know what you think about him. And I go, oh, well, who is that? And he goes, Jeff Miller, who is this? Who, what do you think of him? And that was like my entry in. And I hadn't talked to Jeff in easily six years at that point. Uh, and I said, well, he's simply the best. He was just the best guy to work with in the industry. I always knew whatever his answers were, were rock solid. He was very thorough. I could just take whatever he said to the bank and just always enjoyed working with him. Um, it was in that moment that that guy asked me, he goes, he goes, well, it's good you said that because I was grilling you because I agree with you. And so anyway, one thing led to another. It made me think of Jeff and I called him out of the blue one day later just to check in and see what he was doing. 
Ah, just just randomly checking in. Hey, how you doing? Just How's it checking going, in. Guy? I haven't talked to you in <laughs> six plus years. Want to see how you're doing? And and it would, I didn't even reach him live. I left a voicemail message. So he uh, he got to call me back, and he was like, "Trisha Tyler." So it was a fun reunion. Uh, and then we planned on having dinner after that, and we did. And one thing led to another. So now, Jeff, as as a, a man who would love to be pursued. Uh, how did you pull this off? Like, how did you, how did you, did you just play it cool? Tell me, tell me how it is in your world. How did, how did it come about for you? Well, it was, uh, it was just a random afternoon in October of 2011. And I was sitting in my office, you know, making the sausage at the, at the fortune 50 corporate enterprise, you know, just cranking the handle. And, uh, like Trisha said, I hadn't, I hadn't, uh, heard from her we hadn't been in contact for six years and it was so out of the blue but timed so perfectly for what what was and was not going on in my life um, and Trisha was somebody that when we when we had met in the early 2000s always uh, impressed me for for her ability to uh, just move business processes forward and she was well well you know she says I was really good at what I was doing, one of the best. I would put her in the same category. And she's a really, really good looking woman as well. So um, it wasn't it wasn't wasn't a difficult decision for me to um, meet up for dinner a month or two later. And like Trisha said, after after we uh, reconnected here in Denver, we started dating long distance. Uh, I was in Denver. Trisha was in Los Angeles. And over the course of about 12 or 13 months, we probably each logged, I don't know, 12 or 13 hundred miles, thousand miles, million miles. Uh, we ended up basically every every weekend, one of us was was flying to see the other other person. Um, and you know that that call that Trisha made to me in late uh, 2011, literally was a turning point for me changed my life for the better and um as i've as i've told the story many times before without trisha my life would be exponentially less fulfilled if mm. she and i hadn't reconnected that mm. goes for both of us <laughs> you know there's nothing like a good math equation in the middle of a love story i tell you jeff that's really good so <laughs> i love this and you know you you've got some echoes going on in the chat uh, there's people that would get fined at conference by saying amazing, but Paul Adams is saying you guys are amazing. John Patterson says an amazing couple. Nicole Briones says a love story, perfect for Valentine's Day. And Nicole, just a quick reminder, that was yesterday. So if you didn't get anything, please hurry up and do so. Oh, now, she Daniel. She goes over and above. I bet it was great. So although you could probably I, I, pick up some Valentine's cards for you know 50% off if you go out today. <laughs> And there we go again. If you are not paying attention to all of the wisdom that's coming at you financially by Jeff Miller, make sure that you follow him and get that. That was imp impressive. Now, I love this kind of idea of the idea that you guys travel back and forth. And, and I, I'm definitely intrigued on that long distance relationship because a lot of people can't make those work. What did you guys do differently that was able to actually make that happen? Was it the frequency of the travel or was there a secret sauce somewhere in there? Well, the, first of all, there was an irony to this because, Josh, when I moved to L.A., I'd been in a role where I traveled across the country all the time, dated people in different places. It was no problem. I just figured I was hardly ever at home is no big deal. But when I got to L.A., I decided 
I want a local romance. That's what I want. <laughs> and then I got together with Jeff and I was like, you're not local. <laughs> this is not what I wanted. Uh, and so, but it was so worth it, very much worth it. And so I think it was frequency because one of the things we noticed is that I'm okay speaking on the phone. We'll talk about our personality orientations here in a little bit. Jeff, not so much. And so, although he did, he gave plenty of hours to us connecting on the phone. However, our best moments were at that time and continue to be when we're right together. Um, and so we just, we had to actually just commit to it, commit to being there. And, um, and it impacted other parts of our lives. I mean, I wouldn't say it was nothing that we couldn't get past, but you know, we'll talk here in a minute about, I started my fundamentals of transaction program right in the midst of this. And I put it on hold there for just a little bit until we actually ended up in the same city together. So Jeff, I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Uh, the only thing I would add, you know, in terms of the secret sauce, um, really two things. It was making time to actually be in person as often as possible. Hmm. And literally, I've got I've got the calendar, uh, the 2012 calendar, somewhere in my in my box of memorabilia, where I you know have every weekend that we spent together, where we were, what we did. You know, did we go on a little adventure? Did we travel outside of California or Colorado? So it was really, really being committed to being in person with each other. And, uh, and the second was, uh, and continues to be for obvious reasons, but um, open line of communication, all, you know, not always being in, in, in communication, but, but making sure that it's not a superficial relationship and really putting in the time and the energy and the effort to to stay connected when we were a thousand or more miles away. Wow. And a follow-up question, is it like a paper calendar, like a kitten calendar? Like what kind of calendar are we talking about? What theme is the calendar? Yeah, you know, the one that you know, you know, the one that you get that they used to send out each year if you were a member of AAA or whatever. It's yeah, it's just uh, you know, one page per month, eight That's and a half so by cool. eleven or whatever. Um and now that I'm now that I'm mentioning this, I hadn't thought about this before, but it would it would be fun for me to go back and uh, dust that off and and relive those 13 months where we were apart, yet very much together. And and if you guys are listening, I apologize that Jeff has now ruined the curve, and all of us have to step up our games as to how much we care about our significant others. Now, Trisha was kind of letting us know where we're going. This is perfect. I'd love to hear your influential you story. Now, Trisha, you started. So why don't you tell us about how you got involved? Bring us before the registration. How did you even hear, hear about influential you or influence ecology at the time? I was in a class, and um, a person I developed a friendship with in that class, we just gotten to know kind of what we were each working on in our lives, where we were in our careers, that kind of stuff. And he said, I don't know if you've ever heard of this thing, but it's called, you know, we used to, we called it Influence Ecology, now called Influential You, but it's this program called Fundamentals of Transaction. Can I introduce you to this guy named John Patterson, who obviously we know as our CEO, the CEO of the company today. And um, I did, and I wasn't ready to be in the course. I've joked about this before. Like I wasn't ready, but I was interested and I was curious. And uh, John, John introduced me to it and Shortly thereafter, I was a yes, and I was in one of the early programs and had no idea what I was doing because I knew nobody in it. It wasn't like mm -hmm. I had friends who had done it 
or anything like that. I've, knew, I've known this one person who made an introduction to John, um, but obviously the power of this work, the ecology, the education, the staff within Influential U just made it a home that I just keep coming back to, you know, for over a decade now. So. Wow. And then Jeff, how did you, you jumped in a little bit later. I did. I was uh, in, in fundamentals of transaction. I believe I started in early 2015. I remember when I completed the course because we were on our, on our honeymoon in Australia, we were in Hobart or Tasmania or somewhere down under. And I had a completion conversation with Liz from, I don't know, a place that we were having lunch or something in the middle of our, of our road trip. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I completed and um, en enrolled in and completed the FOT uh, program in 2015. Yeah, and it's that sounds like Liz, man. She's gonna keep you on task. You, I'm sorry that you're. Do they not have the internet in Australia? Are you not able to use a phone in Australia? We need you to complete, Mr. Miller. Are you gonna be completing? So good. I'm glad that I'm glad that you did that strong. And then you also enrolled in MAP. And then there was another thing, um, Trisha. You actually, I, we almost have to blame Jeff because you were traveling so much that you actually had to pause fundamentals of transaction and come back and then complete the entire program. So uh, that distraction that, that Jeff was, um, but it, it sounds like it worked out really well because you guys got married about halfway through your journey or, or had you already, com you'd completed MAP, I guess, by that? I'd, I'd completed, mm, I cannot remember if I'd completed MAP, if I was still in MAP at that point. Mm -hmm. I, by the way, Josh, I've savored every course I've taken with an influential <laughs> use, so, um, which means I always take the longest path possible to get through. So it's possible I was still in MAP when we got married in 2015. Uh, okay. Thank goodness I can report that today in 2023, I have completed the full curriculum. So um, although it doesn't take that long for most people. So. That's good. Yes. She, she took the four-year curriculum and stretched it into eight. Like a lot of people do college. I, I love that. Yeah. Just save her. Out of it. <laughs> Every bite. Get all that flavor in there. I love that. Uh, I'm sure there's some sort of compound interest that happens. There, <laughs> right, Jeff? So we'll, we'll keep going, but here's what I love. We have different personalities, and if you've been listening, you may have already been able to pick some of them up if you're a regular listener or you, you, you know what our transactional personalities are. Trisha identifies as a performer, and Jeff identifies as a judge. So to switch things up, Jeff, can you please tell me a little bit about the performer personality and their worldview? Tell me, tell me how that works, uh, if you would. So as... as Anybody who's studied with Influential You or who does and or listens to the podcasts, performers are expert and in storytelling, in gaining consensus. For me personally, Trisha is also our guiding light because she is able to, to see the future much better than I can. In fact, oftentimes I don't have any awareness that the future is coming, whether I want it to or not. So um, she keeps us grounded and, and moving forward, always with not only her aims and my aims in mind, but our collective aims that we have as, as a couple. So that's what I would say, say first. Um, I love that. That's great. Keep going. Uh, first, yeah, keep going. Sorry. And what was the other part of the question? Oh, I, said you, I would say first, so I wasn't sure if you had more to go. It sounds like that oh, was. Yeah, I'm good. We can stop now. 
<laughs> Good. I accept. And then Trisha, <laughs> how about that judge personality? Tell me about that. <laughs> uh, so, the, so the judges, first of all, you know, where they tend to traffic and where they spend their time, first of all, their time orientation tends to be in the past. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is really hard for some people if that's not where they dwell and performers don't. We, we think we're in the present and then some of us have a tendency to think a little bit more into, into the future. Uh, and so that, that was a big learning curve with Jeff is really, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. But the other thing that judges are, uh, that's really important to them is first of all, security is very important to them. And in relationships that cannot be overlooked. So just a sense of being grounded, um, connected, secure in our relationship, I think is really important to judges. And they give in return um, just a, a sense, a kind of love and a depth of love and attention and appreciation, believe it or not, even coming from judges who can get a little grumpy sometimes, not all personalities can get grumpy, but judges can sometimes, you know, they're the first to say no. And those types of things that we can often think of as being a little grumpy or um, a little more negative, but the, the relationship and the love and the affection and the connection that I think you can get with a judge is just, it's better than almost any other. I mean, it's, it's keeps me coming back for more over and over and over again. So, so that security piece is really valuable to really understand. And then also the other thing is they have standards and, and everybody has standards, but standard judges uh, really can, one of the things that can make them grumpy in life is if things are not meeting those standards because they're awfully high. They really are pretty ideal in a lot of ways. And I just remember that early on in our relationship, there was something that we were talking about. And Jeff was like, looked at me like I was bananas, like I was crazy if he thought he was going to lower his standard around something. And, I, and it wasn't anything, we, it wasn't combative. I was just like, oh, he's really sticking to that. Come hell or high water, this is what he's doing. So uh, those standards are really important and they want the world to meet those standards. They want the environment to meet those standards, all those types of things. So um and they will test you around those things sometimes. They want to know if you're up to snuff, if you're up to their standards. And um, But it's very, very valuable because they'll also bring a lot of evidence and other really valuable, accurate thinking uh, to whatever you're working on that makes things better. So that's what I would say about judges. Jeff, anything to add to that? No. That's, that's perfect. <laughs> that's exactly what I was hoping for. Now, here's, here's what I'd love to ask because it's come up a little bit in in my world is when the performer needs freedom and the judge needs security, that seems at odds. How do you guys navigate that part of kind of what you need for your dominant need of happiness? This is probably the most important thing that has to be resolved. Go ahead, Jeff. I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, I think, you know, that, um, those diametrically opposed needs, can sometimes really put a relationship under a tremendous amount of strain. And particularly where the two of us, I think experienced that most significantly, at least in the beginning of our relationship was around money. Um, Because, you know, security and freedom when it comes to money, at least from my perspective, security is, being smart, putting away an amount that's more than necessary to create that 
almost guaranteed pathway to to security. Um, and Trisha, we're both very, very adventurous. Mm -hmm. um, but but some of the things that we did initially on our relationship were were high ticket items. We were you know expensive trips that we took, or you know we we would go. Uh, we learned how to sail on a sailboat for a week or two. Um, so some things that were incredibly fun and, uh, you know, building blocks for some of the things that we, we do together. But we, until we really rolled up our sleeves and sat down and talked about what our specific aims are in each of the conditions of life. And I think we probably, Trisha, you, you might remember, we may have had these conversations even before one or both of us were studying with, with influential you. But I, I do recall that that was one of the, one of the big um, potential, uh, potential roadblocks to our, to our relationship. If I, if I can add to that, what can happen is if you don't have a plan around that fulfills on aims, right? So, so first of all, you have to know your aims. You have to know, I had to know what Jeff's aims were. And this is another dawning thing. Something dawned on me is literally, I think three days after we got married, I was like, oh, there's like three of us here. <laughs> like you've got myself, I've got Jeff, and then you've got our relationship, like who we are together. And so you really do have to think about aims in these in this way. Um, and so being aimful about understanding and aims span many conditions of life, right? This is part of what influential you teaches as well. Those who are familiar with Maslow's theory, hierarchy of needs, it's got some similarities to that. But um, but unless you have a plan for how you're going to meet those aims, uh, this can end up just left to your own devices. He could regularly feel insecure and I could regularly feel not free. And it was developing, um, it was developing a plan together on where we wanted to be, knowing where we what we would need for those aims from a money perspective, and then getting a plan together. I'm totally fine as a performer being constrained in service of a future I know that we're working towards. That's not a problem. I am not happy being just constrained because let's just be constrained to be safe. Like that is a life not worth living. And, and Jeff is, as we've teased often with Jeff, Jeff has a high tolerance for suffering. I think this is also something that judges are probably pretty good at. They can handle a fair amount of suffering in order to be secure, right? Like in securing his money, that was something for Jeff and he didn't have to suffer that much. So really we can actually create a plan around the future that takes care of us. Um, and candidly, that's how we became involved with Sound Financial in the first place. And when Jeff became a an advisor with them was the, the help of Paul Adams and in and, and working with Sound and Financial is to create that plan together, which has created an enormous amount of harmony and satisfaction. So I couldn't, I cannot recommend that highly enough for people in relationships, know where you're both headed in money and how you're going to satisfy those dominant needs for happiness and satisfy your aims. Yeah. So good. Jeff, anything to add to that? No. Uh, well, yes. Uh, so I, I was very much from a mindset and an orientation of being preservational. So, you know, I've collected, I've, I've gathered what I've gathered and I just want to want to watch that pile of money, for example, and, and just make sure that that stays intact. Trisha is 
creational and got me to, to even shift my, my thinking and my perspective that from, from one of, you know, just protecting to one of growing and undertaking new opportunities and really having a vision for um, other things being possible. Mm. I love that. And I, I think that's going to lead me to the next question, which I, I'm, I'm really excited for this one. Uh, do you find that knowing each other's transactional personalities or the worldview of each other allows you to empathize more and maybe communicate better? And if so, how, how does that manifest in your guys' world? Um, and Trisha, I'll let you go first. All right. So a good example of this. <clears throat> so Jeff and I were on a backpacking trip. We used to live up in the Pacific Northwest. And I think this was in maybe 2020. I can't remember, Jeff. 2019, 2020, something like that. And Jeff, backpacking is something that, um, so Jeff and I brought several different types of adventures into our relationship. One of them that Jeff brought backpacking into our relationship. I'd never been backpacking, been hiking and stuff like that. Um, so it's something he loves to do. And yet we're out. He's quite grumpy the, pretty much the entire trip. I was like, wow, is he ever going to smile? I just wonder, is happiness ever going to occur over there? We're in a, just an absolutely gorgeous environment and whatnot. And so uh, we came out, we, we were there for three, maybe four days or something like that. And so we come out and, you know, you, you emerge, you come back to your car after several days of being out and, you know, sustained on the land and what you have on your back. And we're driving away and that big smile comes across his face. Now, I could interpret, wow, Jeff just hates backpacking. I thought he did, but he doesn't really like to backpack. No, because he actually couldn't know the experience until it was in his past. And so Jeff savored every bit of that trip based on reviewing it in his mind after the fact. So it was a big adaptation in our relationship to understand Jeff's time orientation. And, and, and Jeff wasn't in a bad mood per se. It's just, I was expecting exuberance or happiness or deep satisfaction. It just wasn't gonna happen in the moment based on what was happening. Um, and so now we have a joke because I will set up, I feel free to set up new futures for us that I know he will really enjoy, that we'll enjoy together, irrespective of whether he shows any kind of exuberance, excitement, any, you know, like insert whatever you want to, and he can have a great life. We can have a great life because he thoroughly enjoys it. So anyway, I just think that's one example that's really helpful is putting your, leveling your expectations for what's actually happening over there, as opposed to making up whatever might actually be happening. So that's so good. And, and Jeff, same question from your perspective. Um, do you find that you guys communicate better than other couples or, or what are the things that you experience uh, through understanding Trisha's uh, transactional uh, worldview? I don't know that I could say that we communicate better than other couples, but su certainly superficially from what I see with, uh, you know, a majority of, of couples that we know and spend time with socially, et cetera, that, that haven't been involved in this education, I would say, yes, I, I, I think we, we communicate better than those, um, than those folks. What Trisha said about the, t you know, time, or I think our, our time orientation, knowing the difference in, in how we're oriented in terms of future versus past and, and, um, things like that has been tremendously beneficial. We now are, we operate like a, like a pretty well-oiled machine, I think, because we both bring our individual strengths 
to the table, to the equation of, of Jeff and Tricia. And we're both aware of the limitations that, that each of us have. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and it's, not, it's not a problem. There's not anything wrong with, with she or I. It's just we're, we're different beings and we're wired differently and we see the world oftentimes quite differently, but, but it's very complementary. And so the, you know, the, the sum is greater than the parts to use mm. just another little math analogy for you there, Josh. <laughs> so good. I, this is making me so happy. The mathlexia is going <laughs> nuts over here going, wait, what did he say? I'm writing it down so I can look it up later. I love that. Now, can, can I add one wait, thing to that, Josh? Please, I just, that's what I want to say about it. Yeah. Early in our relationship, I had an expectation of Jeff that he too would bring certain ideas or you know, like planning or things like that into existence, like figuring like we're two people, we do this together. And I remember getting quite frustrated with, with him at certain points, like, like, why are you not doing this? And now it seems ludicrous that I would have, I would have an expectation that he's going to be setting his sights on some future and creating that future. Um, and the moment I could actually give, I could just give that up and then get really dialed into what our aims were and I could create those and then sit down and get his alignment. Understanding, and this can be really frustrating for people with judges, understanding they actually can't really respond to whatever your ideas are or what your writing is or anything like that until they see it. And then they're going to deconstruct it naturally because that is their way to understand it. And then you might be able to proceed with that. And if you have any other expectations of a judge than that, then then that's problematic. And trust me, you will live through the deconstruction and it can get reconstructed into something that they can be deeply satisfied with. And by the way, whatever it gets reconstructed as almost certainly will be better because problems will have been thwarted. We will be more secure. Things will be more thought through. So there's deep value in all of that, but it can be kind of slowing down to speed up and just having the appropriate expectations around each other's strengths makes a huge difference. Yeah. And a, a word that's come up a, a couple of times has been savor. And to me, it sounds a lot like if, if we're talking about savor and we're talking about meat, Trisha, you're in there eating every bite. Isn't this great? Oh man, isn't this good? Isn't this good? And Jeff eats the entire thing, finishes it and goes, that was great. Could he use some more salt? Is that kind of, am I, am I close on that it, with, with the word savor? Is that a, a, maybe an analogy of kind of how it is with each other? Uh, that is very fair to say. And it, by the way, yeah. Jeff is very, he's, this is the other thing. He's very free and I'm happy to give him this. Any comment he has about, I, I do a fair amount of cooking and Jeff can say anything he wants to. And this goes also, and for the men listening, <laughs> this also goes for my wardrobe, by the way. Uh, he is invited to assess and provide his assessment of whatever the thing is. All I ask is just that he's not harsh or mean about it. And Jeff isn't, that's just not how Jeff is. But it can occur like that for people, I think, if, with just any judge. And a judge is just giving you, you know, what you should have in order to reinvent whatever might be next. And so I can say that is an area where we communicate very, very well because Jeff could sit there and go, yeah. You know, that just that one wasn't the best. And here are the reasons why. But I think it'd be better like this. And some people sitting in that situation might go, whoa, dude, you're in for a fight. <laughs> We're not in for a fight. We're actually in for a much better meal next time. Mm, that's good. So. Jeff, your thoughts? Trisha summarized that perfectly. Yeah. 
the only the only thing josh i would say is um oftentimes the comment on you know the meal needing more salt it, it might even be like a day or two or three later because literally i'm still maybe not actively processing and thinking about that experience or that thing that we did but yeah 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 it's it's uh yeah sometimes it's it's very delayed uh delayed feedback uh so good um all right now we're, we're kind of getting to the end of it and i i want to i want to give you guys the opportunity to kind of teach me something uh from your perspective of, of, of relationships and maybe some of the wins that you've experienced because of the way that you know each other because of the way that you communicate um i imagine that you've learned some lessons down down the way like trisha you just shared with us um and i'll, I'll start with jeff uh, jeff is there anything i mean a, a couple that was maybe considering something like influential you or studying together where would you go as far as advice with how to make the relationship better or how to grow uh, with that significant other that you have? Well, first of all, you both, just like um, in, in my work as a financial advisor at, at Sound Financial, we uh, all but require, we, I'm going to say that we require any couple that, that uh, contracts with us as, uh, as a new client, that both individuals participate in the at least in the early stages you know the first eight to ten meetings that we have together so that everybody is in that relationship is grounded in a common a common language a common set of uh understandings and and things like that um so both individuals need to participate in the in the education is what i would say and you know some of the outcomes i think that that can be expected are, you know, better harmony, better understanding of each other, op more open lines of communication, just an understanding of what it is to, to have and set aims. But some of the things that Trisha and I have accomplished together, you know, even as recent as the last 12 to 24 months, I could never have gotten done on my, on my own. It just never would have happened, whether it's, it, I, I don't even need to, to rattle off a list of, of things that, that we've accomplished together, but um, I'll go back to something I said a, a few minutes ago is that when people are trained in transactional philosophy and they have those competencies and you don't even have to be an expert in it, as long as you start to dip your toes in the pool and, um, and begin to understand what it is to transact effectively. Um, you can really, you can move mountains. I mean, we have, we have a better life in in so many of the conditions, whether it's money, health, relationship, you know, activity and the things that we're able to do together, free time, all of my conditions of life, and I think I can speak for Trisha as well. Have been, uh, have been, the dial has been turned up su substantially in terms of having having higher levels of satisfaction across the board. There, mm -hmm. Trisha, anything to add there? Um, I think most. I, I my observation is that most people actually do not know what the dominant needs for happiness are for their spouses, yeah. Um, yeah. people they're in significant relationships with, whatever they are. And I don't think they know their aims. And oftentimes they don't know their own names. And you are in for trouble if you don't know those things because 
you're navigating a life together. It doesn't just happen. You don't wake up every day in love like you were the very first day, just on happenstance. It happens through cultivating a life that is deeply satisfying. And that's not an accident. That is something you work towards. It's not like you have to labor towards, but you actually you do have to do the thinking and the communicating and the connecting and the transacting. Because even though Jeff and I are very committed to the same future, and we each have other futures that are important for us too, and being able to navigate and transact together in such a way that that is all satisfied, it just, it's, it's, it's very rewarding work, but it is work and thinking and transacting that you need to do. And a lot of people are not good at transacting with one another because they don't know what they're doing. They just literally don't know what they're doing. So there's a much more satisfying life when you do. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And as, as you were speaking and I was thinking about the third person, right? Like the idea that there's a Trisha, <laughs> there's a, a Jeff, and then there's the two of you together. I came up with Jisha, Jeffsha, Treff, and Triff. So I'll let you guys decide on that one uh, or not, or come up with your own. But thank you guys so much for being on today. And, and I really appreciate the two of you. You guys have always been so welcoming uh, and, and given me some tough love when I needed to hear it, even two weeks ago, Trisha. Thank you. And I just want to make sure that you guys know how much we really appreciate you guys for being on the podcast and sharing your story. And what's next for you two? What's the big plans? Give us something to look forward to for you two. Jeff, do you want to go? This is future-based, so is it best I haven't, for me? I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't looked that far ahead. <laughs> Jeff, and I have watch up next for us. Jeff and I have a number of different trips that are that we're excited about. So, um, and then getting back into, you know, we scuba dive around the world. So one of the trips that we know we want to return to, we went to the Solomon Islands before, before the pandemic hit, and we would love to return back there. We were in Indonesia last year doing a, a long scuba diving trip. And so um, between that and sailing, those are some of our very best adventures and even backpacking too, when we just get to be able to be out and explore together is, is a lot of fun. So that's, that's, what's ahead for us. I love that. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. I'm going to go to wrap us up and, and thank you for being on the podcast. Josh, thank you, you so Josh. much. It's been a pleasure being with you. Now, if you would like to know more about us at Influential U, you can go to InfluentialU.Global and explore our courses, consulting, and conferences. We offer a four-year curriculum for those seeking an advanced experience. However, if you're brand new to Influential U and want to test the waters, we recommend you start with Thrive. It's our self-guided training. Thrive is a self-guided program that lets you learn at your own pace. Thrive members enjoy weekly live e-coaching sessions and an ever-expanding library of exclusive video lessons with our faculty, thought leaders, and industry experts. You'll get proven proprietary tools to accurately assess your career and develop a realistic strategy to achieve your aims faster. Your membership also includes chat access to faculty, plus discounts to our transformative conferences where you can meet individuals like Jeff or Tricia. Now you can sign up today and use promo code 20 off that's 20OFF for a 20% discount on the monthly subscription. Once again, that coupon code is 20OFF for your Thrive program. And we're currently working on next week's episode and I hope you'll join us to hear from our special guests then. Thank you so much for listening today. Each week we stream live at 2 p.m. Pacific on our website, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube so you can easily share it with others. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or any other place that you get your podcasts. 
Check out our show notes for links to connect with our guests, plus links to websites, books, or special downloads we talked about on today's episode, like Trisha's episodes or like Jeff's episode. This podcast is made possible by the Influential You staff, faculty, and members all around the world. With a special thanks to our executive producer, Tyson Crandall, and contributions from John Patterson, Michael Teehee, Joey Anderley, Daryl Anderley, Paul West, and Liz Smiley, and a special thanks to our guests, Jeff Miller and Trisha Tyler, for being on today. The Influential You podcast is produced by Influence Ecology, LLC in Ventura, California. This episode was recorded on February 15th, 2023. The podcast theme is by Chris Standring, entitled Fast Train to Everywhere. And if you haven't yet offered a rating or review, I ask that you take a moment to go to iTunes or your podcast app and let us know what you think. This helps us more than you know. And we'll see you next time on the Influential You podcast.